You're listening to the Harvest Christian Fellowship Weekend Message Podcast. To learn more about our community, like what we believe and how you can take a next step, visit us online at hcfcornwall.ca or join us for one of our services this weekend, Sunday mornings at 9.15 or 11 here at 847 York Street. Give it up for Frank. Come on. Yeah. Psalm 34, verse 3 says, Glorify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. This morning, as we were just singing the name of Jesus over and over again, I hope that whether you're online or here in the room, that you understand there's power in that name, the power in the name of Jesus. And, and, you know, it's not that God needs to be made bigger. He's huge. He's big. He's God. But as we magnify, as we lift our worship up to God, our problems get smaller. Uh, COVID prison gets smaller. I don't mean the prison gets smaller, but I mean the situation gets smaller. I don't know. Do you feel hemmed in this morning? I feel claustrophobic sometimes when I think about shutdowns and lockdowns and all of these things. And I just so appreciate today as we just were worshiping and singing and, and uh, magnifying his name, making his power known. Even in my own heart, my life got a little bit bigger today. I felt a little bit more air to breathe. I hope you feel that way today in our service. Welcome online. Welcome here in the room. Our dream team, those that serve us each week, uh, are doing some training. So they're in the room, and they're helping me preach today. I just appreciate you all. Love you all so very much here in the room. Oh, thank you. If you're online, someone shouted out, we love you too. I feel the love this morning. Okay. Relational connection is what we're doing. Last week we looked at the fig tree in the garden, and we learned that if we're going to see growth in in each other's lives, my life, your life, judgment has to be removed. Jesus came and he went to the cross to remove judgment, but we keep trying to put it back. I mean, what is that? (laughs) I have a judge in my head, you have a judge in your head, and especially if you've had any experience with religiosity or Uh, kind of a judgmental, um, religious, legalistic is the word I was looking for, background where the law was most important and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, uh, some teaching that we've done here at Harvest over over these weeks, that that judge in our own head can tell us that we're failing, we're not measuring up. We remove that judge, get it out of our head, and growth can happen. Say growth. growth. Yeah, growth can happen. Once we get judgment out of the way, We can dig, we can fertilize, and then we looked at time is necessary. A process is necessary. I hope you had a great time in group this week and began to open up right away already, able to process some of this material and make it your own. In the next uh, next few weeks now, four or five weeks, we're going to look at a four-part process of the um, what happens when you dig, what happens when you add the fertilizer, and the time. What's actually going on? There are four areas where most of us uh, will, the symptoms will show up, the struggle will show up, the getting stuck will show up. And in these, uh, one, you know, one of four, or maybe all four, I think I can check all four, <laughs> all four areas uh, that we want to look at and begin to dig into those areas, process those areas, and fertilize those areas. Have you ever experienced something in your own marriage uh, or with a, maybe a friend or something happens at work where uh, something kind of just triggers you, we use that word trigger, triggers you, you have a reaction, but the reaction is way bigger 
than the circumstance. Or maybe you didn't know (laughs) that your reaction was way bigger than the circumstance, but somebody tells you, and you're like, what are you talking about? You know, and if you see it yourself, you kind of say, well, where did that come from? And if you don't see it, it's difficult because you're wondering, that's a proper reaction. You really ticked me off or, you know, you, that was really a hurtful thing. And, uh, and so what we're really talking about is a lot of times in life um, that we have unresolved conflicts in our lives. And when we experience conflict in the here and now, really our reaction often is the reaction of a lifetime of unresolved conflicts, and they're all connected together. And it can be so paralyzing and so difficult and make life seem really, really hard. This journey of life isn't supposed to be that difficult. You were designed uh, to be able to navigate like like a a sports car on windy roads. You you, you You were designed by God to navigate the sharp corners when life gives you a sharp corner or a bump in the road. Or, or, or whatever it might be, we were actually designed to be able to overcome. But if your suspension is broken and you hit a rut in the road, it could cause you to go off and have an accident or go into the ditch. If your gas tank is leaking all the time, you can't make it to the next gas station. You're always on the side of the road. If you don't even have a steering wheel, it's hard to steer. And what happens is as we experience crisis or difficulty, we feel so defeated And we just feel like we're kind of in this, you know, hamster on the hamster wheel and we can get discouraged and we'll do a bunch of stuff. We'll either cope by feeling like I'm a loser and I got to try harder or we'll go into fight mode. And have you ever ever come across a person who just seems just angry (laughs) and they're always right there ready to go into fight mode? And and what's really happening is they're trying or if it's you or if it's me, we're trying to feel power in that moment that we feel so powerless Or maybe we medicate with bad medication. Or we just ignore that we have emotions (laughs) and we go numb. And the people around us tell us that we're emotionally disconnected and we're emotionally unavailable. And there's all these different ways that we kind of of deal with these four areas that that we're going to look at. And we're going to look at each one each week and then process them out in group during the week. You know, James said this. He said, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters. Whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. And I want you to think about this in the context of how we come out of the factory lacking. We've talked about this. And so consider it pure joy when your husband's a control freak. Hello, somebody. When your boss chews you out, consider it pure joy. When your friend breaks confidence with you, you trusted them, consider it pure joy. When fill in the blank in your life, whatever maybe you experience even this week, consider it pure joy. And we go, what? What? How can that be? Well, it goes on to explain the why we should consider when we're going through these difficulties, consider it pure joy. Because it produces perseverance. Say perseverance. To work through something. To persevere means you're working through it. You're not staying where you are. Worse, you're not going backwards. You're persevering. You're getting to the other side. 
And when you do that, according to this scripture, when you don't ignore it, you don't go around it, you don't medicate through it, but instead you persevere, perseverance does a work in you and it causes maturity or growth, growth. Remember, that's what we want. We want to grow, remove judgment. We want to grow and be complete, not lacking anything, not lacking the ingredients that we all know or aware of that we're lacking. So when something rises up, Instead, what we want to do is go, wait a minute. This is identifying an area of brokenness in my life. This is identifying an area of pain in my life. This hurts right now. This sucks right now. I don't like what I'm feeling. And allow the Holy Spirit, and as we are in relationship, we're going to see the importance today of being relationally connected, that something happens where we can have those ingredients and healing can take place. Adam and Eve were created lacking nothing. They, they weren't lacking anything. Unfortunately, you and I are born in sin, separated from God until we make that decision to allow his work of grace to come into our life. We're in, connect, in relationship with Jesus, and now we need to those areas that are wanting and lacking, he's going to provide through grace, not only his grace, but we're going to see the grace of other people in our lives completing us, filling us to make us be what we already are in Christ. All right, so today we're going to look at, um, as Frank already pointed out, connectiveness. And as we talk about connectiveness this morning, what we're really, uh, what we're really looking at is uh, bonding, trusting, and vulnerability. Bonding, trusting, and vulnerability. Really important words really important things to have in our life. Ladies that are watching today that have had babies, uh, they go uh, into labor. They go into labor, which is a, wor- you know, a, a word for working. And it is hard work to have a baby. All the ladies said, yeah, it's hard work. And us men, we don't have a clue, do we? We don't have a clue what that's all about. We pretend, you know, we kind of coach, we, we help you breathe, but we have no idea the amount of work it is to have a baby. And then the baby's born. The baby's born. And, and, uh, and then the baby has some work to do. So mom's done some work, but the baby has some work to do. And the work that the baby has to do is to ask for what it needs. Ask for what it needs. And that baby <laughs> asks for what it needs. A lot. Right? A lot. Right, mom? Right, moms? A lot. And Chelsea, not too, far, not too many weeks from now, you'll be hearing that sound again in your home. Yeah, she's giving a thumbs up. And, uh, and you're up late at night. But you notice that as you meet the needs of that baby, and, and moms, you know, they bond, and, and they're holding the baby and feeding the baby. There's eye contact, and science tells us that the distance that a mom feeds her baby um, Eyes to eyes is the perfect distance of bonding. That's, their eyes actually can focus at that level at that point, and bonding's taking place. And baby is internalizing the love that mom is meeting the need. Say, meet the need. Mom is meeting that need, and as mom meets that need, that baby stop, you know, the, the, the sound starts to get further and further apart. But it's the baby's job to ask, and it's the baby's job to receive and internalize what mom is giving it. Now, of course, mom is bonding, but baby needs to bond as well. Now, studies have been done 
on babies that were raised in orphanages that, uh, you know, where they were all lined up and there's not enough people to help and specifically some uh, Russian orphanages uh, back in the day uh, when, when babies were needing to be taken care of and these studies were done. And, and what they found was that the babies that were all lined up in their bassinets and one or two nurses would come in and feed them and change them and take care of them but weren't holding or bonding with them, that these babies stopped crying. And some moms would go, well, wait a minute, sign me up for that one. How did that work? Well, no, it's actually a very, very negative thing because the babies stopped asking because their needs weren't being being met. So they were asking for help, but they weren't receiving it. Later when these children would grow, that they would scan and the brain scans would actually show dark spots, underdeveloped areas of their brain. And often in children and babies that didn't properly bond with mom, that they have, you know, 10, 11, they're wondering these crazy behavioral problems or uh, just not producing as well academically at school and a number of things that would show that the brain actually underdeveloped because of the lack of bonding. This morning we're talking about the importance of connectiveness and how God created us to connect right out of the womb to begin the job of asking another human being for help and receiving that help and that causes trust to be formed. Say trust. Yeah. And so when baby, a healthy baby, begins responding to connection, love begins, love is internalized, toddler can go in the other room and start playing with his toys, and it's like mom is right there. He doesn't need mom in the room anymore. He can go in the other room, and he can like, hey, I'm good. I'm by myself, but I'm loved. And trust produces healthy interaction in that toddler. He opened himself up to receive mom's love, made himself vulnerable, learned to trust. Mom is still here. Mom hasn't left. I'm trusting. Now watch this. The really important principle is how God designed us. Psalm 22, verse 9. David talking as he's in prayer one day to the Lord. He says, you led me to trust you. You led me to trust you at my mother's breast. Now babies don't trust God. What's he talking about? Babies aren't trusting God. And yet he's saying, at my mother's breast, God, you were teaching me to trust you. What he's talking about is this very thing this morning, this understanding as we begin this way and need to continue this way, that trust, uh, inherently trust and vulnerability and bonding to another to receive from another human being and to receive spiritually. And we're going to see as we become a church that heals, and I think we are, but we're going to grow in this and get better at this. But as, as people are learning to trust, how many times at Harvest have you had a friend come or a loved one that came to know Jesus or you're watching today and you've experienced this, and we talk about Father God, Father's love, and immediately this glazed look is on that person's eyes or maybe today you can relate and go, I can't relate or I couldn't relate to God as Father. I didn't have a great experience. I don't have a great experience trusting people. How do you trust God? And you have to be careful when you talk to people and you go, well, you just need to trust God. But their trust muscle's broken. The trust muscle is broken. They're not even sure who God is. And they're experiencing him as we experience him today in worship and we teach people to, you know, to experience God. And the more they grow in that relationship, they can trust. And David is saying, that process started the way you designed me. 
I want to say it this way, and I want you to really hear this, that as a church, if we're not teaching people and we're not learning to connect with other human beings, if we're not understanding how to develop the trust muscle uh, uh, of this idea of vulnerability, then what we're doing isn't spiritual at all. It's pharisaical and it's religious. If there isn't community inherently built in and the difficulties of what keeps community from happening to being, being developed, it isn't spiritual at all. David said, you led me. I began this process at my mother's breasts. But if trust gets broken along the way, like it does for so many, that uncle that you trusted, but he abused you because he took your trust and he, he did horrible things with your trust, a parent maybe that abandoned you, or whatever may have happened in your life today that breaks the trust muscle. And what happens is when you don't have the ability to trust another human being, it's like the power switch goes off in our life. It's as if something happens when we go into this closed, closed loop of sustainability. Did, did you know there's no perpetual motion machine? Only God is sustainable because he's God. Nothing has to be poured into God. But God designed the universe that it needs to be poured into. You need to be poured into. I need to be poured into. And if that mechanism that we were born with to ask is broken and we stopped asking along the way somewhere because we got burned or we got hurt, and I understand and I can relate because I, 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 I get it because I had the privilege of doing this material uh, a number of years ago with Dr. Cloud in California. And I'm so, so blessed that he put this material together for churches and that we can do this today and be in part two today and continue these weeks. And, and I actually had the privilege to go down to California and be in an intensive with about 40 other people in a room with John Townsend and Dr. Cloud. And, and uh, he was teaching. We were, I remember the morning we were teaching this segment on connectedness. And he began to tell this story. So I'm jamming the notes down, and he paused because he's in story mode. And he tells this story of how he was on family vacation, and he was with another family that the two families, his family, uh, hung out with. And they had kids about the same age. And at this time, their kids were grown in college, college age. And the other family had their college-age daughter with them. And mom came to Henry and said, can you talk to Susie while we're here? She's really having difficulties, and I'm really worried about her. And I just thought maybe, you know, you could talk to her, Henry. And, and Henry says, ah, his thought in his mind was, I don't do shrink on vacation. <laughs> I just want to have vacation. But he loved his family and, as they were friends and, and loved Susie so much. So he said to mom, what seems to be the trouble? And mom says, well, you know, she's graduated from college and she's still not sure what she wants to do. And, you know, she says she's depressed. And Henry, how can she be depressed? What does she have to be depressed about? I mean, you know, she's so pretty, and she's so, you know, she's just got everything going for her, and, 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 you know, like, she's smart. I don't understand. Henry, I just don't understand that she would be depressed, and I think her problem is she hasn't been going to church, Henry, hasn't been going to church. I don't think she's reading the Bible the way she should be, Henry, and I just think that she's gotten herself in a hole. Henry, will you talk to her and see what's going on? Henry says, well, what does your husband think? And she said, well, you know how Ralph is. Ralph's kind of easygoing. He doesn't like confrontation. He just kind of puts his arms around her and says, Susie, it's going to be okay. and It'll all work out. You, you, Henry, you know that's not going to work. You know, he's just not telling her the truth. He's just not telling her she's in trouble. And, 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 uh, and I'm really worried about her. 
So Henry actually got a chance to take Susie out for a walk, and he started a conversation. It was really easy. And uh, she, opened, she began to open right up and, and began to express that she was really struggling. And, um, and she just felt stuck in her life, and, and uh, she just wasn't sure, you know, next steps and what she should do. And, and she was experiencing uh, symptoms of depression and, um, and, and just not doing well. So Henry says to her, well, listen, how, how has your mom helped in this process? How, has she been any, of, any help? And Susie goes, you know, I love mom so much, but I need to be honest, Henry, she hasn't been any help at all. In fact, she's made this difficult because she just keeps telling me how pretty I am and that things are supposed to be really good because I have all of this potential and I shouldn't have any problems. And she keeps asking me if I'm reading my Bible and, and she's quoting verses to me. And I, to be really honest, Henry, right now, to be honest, I just, I mean, I just need to say this. I'm not even sure those verses are true. Right now in my life, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not even sure I can relate to the Bible right now. And I know if I ever said that out loud to my mom, she would, she, she would scream. She would, run, she would run in the other direction. She wouldn't understand. And Henry's just kind of nodding his head and kind of understand. You know, you're a young adult, and you're discovering for yourself. You're discovering for yourself uh, your relationship with the Lord and discovering these things for yourself. I, I understand. He's, what about your dad? Oh, Henry, dad's been awesome. Dad just keeps holding me holding me real tight, kind of whispering in my ear, it's going to be okay. You're going to make it. And I just feel like, I can just feel like I can talk to him, you know. And Henry said, yeah, I, I understand, I know. Later that day, mom was kind of probing and asking, Henry, about Susie. And did you get a chance to talk to her? I was right, wasn't I? I was right, like, like she really needs some help right now. And Henry began to talk to this mom and he used this analogy about what's going on. He said, let me explain to you what's going on in Susie's life. Susie's fallen in a well. In life, she's fallen into a deep pit. She's, it's like she's fallen into a well. And you're at the top of the well, and you're yelling down, Susie, you sure are pretty. You got a lot going for you. Get out of there. You shouldn't be in there. And you know your position in Christ. You, you, know, you know that's not where you should be right now, so... I just want you to declare in Jesus' name and get out of there. And, and, and you know, you got everything going for you, Susie. Get, 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 get out. Get out. And he said, it's like Ralph has taken a ladder. And, and Ralph's taken a ladder, and he's gotten down into the well with Susie. And he's holding her. And he's telling her it's going to be okay. And as, as, as she just trusts that more and more, she's confiding in him more and more. And at some point, I just need to tell you, it's going to be okay. She, she's, she's going to be able to process this out and figure it out because of that love. And she's going to internalize that. And they're going to come out, they're going to come out together. And she's telling the story. And I'm jamming down, I'm jamming down the notes. And, and, and a lot of leaders in the room were leaders in the room. And it was designed for different, uh, uh, different kind of pastoral leadership and business leadership. And, you know, we're, we're, we're all jamming down. And, and we're relating with the mom. And I'm writing, actually, I need to understand people more and how many wells have I yelled down and, you know, some of your faces came in my mind, oh, God, please forgive me. How many wells have I yelled down at people and, and you know, didn't show empathy and didn't, didn't provide safety and, and all of these things. And I'm relating, relating with the mom and I need to be more like the dad. And, and, and Henry has totally set us up. And we're jam, jamming down and then he, he says, I just have everybody's attention right now. Because I need to ask you a question, and I want to ask you in the room the same question that he asked me, and I want to ask him as you're online. And he asked this question, and he said this. He goes, who's in your well with you? 
And I realized that there was no one in my well with me. Now, understand, this isn't because there weren't people that loved me and started to put their ladder down into my well and said they wanted to help me. This is because, I no, 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 it's okay. I'm good. I'm good. No, no, I'm good. I got this. I got this. It's weakness to ask for help. I don't need help. I got this because in my family of origin, it's just we were self-made people, and you just you got you got to pull your socks up. You got to do good. You, you just got. I mean, you don't ask for help. <laughs> this winter, I, I was Christina and I were driving around, and, and we were gifted a, a, a an old Polaris snow machine, which uh, was just cool to have, you know. And and to the two of us went to Long Sue together on the trails and got a coffee at Tim Hortons, and it was it, it's only a one up, and so the two of us <laughs> sitting on. The, it was kind of hilarious. But anyway, we had a good time. We burnt the clutch out of it. But anyway, it was really good. It was fun. And uh, as we, we, we parked it that day and we were driving, and there was a guy with this mean blizzard, it was, but he had it stuck in the ditch. And he's just, and the snow spraying out, and he's got this thing buried. And I said, I'm a fellow snowmobiler now. You know what I mean? I, I, I got a sled. I'm a fellow snowmobiler. I got to go help this guy. So I go bounding out of the truck. And the guy, and I, I'm going to, and he goes, no, I got it. I got it. No, thanks. Thanks anyway. Thanks anyway, man. I'm thinking, are you a moron? Like, the sweat's pouring out of him. It's a cold, freezing cold day, and he don't want help. I got this. See, most of us are wired. We don't want help because we've been trained and taught. Don't, either don't ask for help or our trust muscle is broken, and mine had been broken. My trust muscle have been broken, plus just this reinforcement of you don't ask for help. And that day, as Henry asked the question, I thought, oh, my goodness. Baby stops asking in the orphanage. Roy stopped. I don't know when I stopped asking for help. But I knew I was empty and alone in my well. <laughs> and I couldn't fake it anymore. And some of you are sitting in the room and you're going, yeah, yeah, I, I, I know what you mean. I know what you mean, but, but listen, that's when I just get God to encourage me. And David said, I encourage myself in the Lord. And then I just, you know, I just get all my encouragement from Jesus. Brother, you just got to read the word of God. You got to quote the scripture and get, your, get alone with God and get some encouragement. Hey, I was a pastor. I know how to do that. Thank you very much. And it's quite condescending to even mention it, <laughs> that that's the answer Thank you very much. No, no, nobody in this room was thinking that. But religiosity will tell you that because it's just me and Jesus, and I got press in. I was doing that. I was still in a well alone and empty and lonely. And there were additives that God designed for my life that could only come from another person when you ask for help. <laughs> And when you say to somebody and you open up and become vulnerable and they're just, not that they're telling you what to do, not that they're becoming some kind of a voice of direction in your life. I'm not talking about, I'm just talking about somebody who's sitting in the well holding you saying, hey, listen, it's going to be okay. And you're vulnerable enough to start processing out some stuff and you go, this sucks, this hurts, I'm in pain. I know. And you can kind of get it out and feel like you're not being judged. Remember we talked about that last week? And then growth can happen. Second Corinthians, but God who encourages those who are discouraged. Oh, I knew it, brother. See, see, you just need to go to God. You were discouraged. That's what you were. You were discouraged. Get out of the top of my well. Shut up. Leave me alone. Get a ladder and get in here. 
Because look at the way the rest of the verse goes on. Which, by the way, remember, I had lots of people wanting to come in my well. I just kept telling them to bugger off because I didn't need them. I'll figure it out. Thank you very much. But God who encourages those who are discouraged, that God, that God, the God who encourages those who are discouraged, encouraged us by the arrival of Titus. Paul said, God sent me Titus so I could process what I was going through in prison and I could talk to him. God didn't send an angel, didn't send his glory. No, he sent Titus. Each of you should use whatever gift you've received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Did you know that people are God's dispenser? That's God, how God dispenses grace. He dispenses it, and the cross has an up and down and, 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 and a horizontal. Jesus died. He came as a man. The incarnation is God came as a man. And in the body of Christ, it's supposed to function that we can help each other and get into each other's wells and begin to build relationships that can be vulnerable and safe. Now, you're not going to have this with everybody, but you should have it with a few. God's delivery system. But if your trust muscle is broken like mine was, (laughs) this is hard. This is hard. And just genuinely, we like to be self-made people, so it's hard. Let's talk about Jesus for a second. So Jesus is about to go to the cross. Let's just go there in time, on the timeline of the Scriptures. Jesus is about to go to the cross and face a moment in the Garden of Gethsemane where the Bible says he actually sweat blood. The the amount of stress he was feeling actually caused his physical body to to perspire out, his lymphatic system uh, push blood out. And, I mean, so say stress. Say stress. (laughs) And more, more, he's carrying more as a 33-year-old man, more than we can understand. And he's going to go to the Garden of Gethsemane to pray. And most of you would know this is where he chews out his disciples for not praying for an hour. And so I should pray for an hour. Now, I want you to just get that out of your head for a second, and let's go to this story a little differently, all right? So Jesus has a small group called Disciples, and there's 12 of them. He says, come on, guys, we're going to the garden to pray. So that that part's right. But then he identifies the three closest to him, and we know who they are as we travel through the Gospels because he always, when, when he's doing something special and he wants Peter, James, and John close to him, he has a little deeper relationship, which you could have been maybe in 20 small groups over years here at Harvest, and not everybody in your small group, you know, during small group time, we want you to process with your groups, but not everybody's going to come close. We know that. But over time, we're hoping that you'll identify a few people that maybe you met in group that you can kind of get close with. And Jesus and his group got close to Peter, James, and John. And when he's hanging out on the, on the Mount of Transfiguration or he's doing stuff with Lazarus or whatever, he gets Peter, James, and John. And in this scripture... He grabs Peter, James, and John, and he says, will you come with me? So he leaves the other behind. We're going to go over there to the garden. And look at this. He took Peter and the two sons. So it's Peter, James, and John along with him. And he began to be sorrowful and troubled. What does that look like? Well, that's when your friend, it's kind of awkward moment. (laughs) Jesus is crying. He's weeping. His words are not quite understandable because he's sorrowful and troubled. This is like, this is deep, emotional, gut-uttering, 
coming out as he's getting ready to face the most difficult moment of his life. And he said to them, Peter, James, and John, his friends, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Will you just stay here with me? Will you just stay here with me? I just need you guys to be close. Will you stay here with me? And it wasn't that Peter, James, and John had any answers for Jesus. He just said, will you just stay here with me? I just need to know that you're here with me and I'm not alone. This is the Son of God. This is Jesus. It says to his friends, I need you right now. I need you right now. When we did the work in California, so Henry says, you need to identify some people in your life that you're close to, that you feel safe with. And I want you to sit down at some point, develop, you know, this is not, not a one, one shot, but you develop and you take some months and we did all this. You develop relationship. And you're going to come to a point when you identify that person, you're going to say to them, hey, I just need you to know, I need you. So I remember the day I did it with the first person. I go, hey, listen, can we, I just need a, a, a conversation. You're really important in my life. And I you. I couldn't get it out. I you. <laughs> they're like, seriously, they're going, what? what? What is it you're saying? I need you. And it came out, wow. Man, it was hard to say. But it was also life-giving. It was life-giving. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, Paul is teaching a young church to be a church that heals, the Corinthian church. A lot of new believers there. And he says, we have spoken freely to you, Corinthians. Open wide our hearts to you. Paul says, we've made ourselves vulnerable. We didn't come as leaders who had it all together, the top of the totem pole, uh, holier than anybody else, and trying to tell you how to live. No, we didn't do that. We came and opened our heart to you, told you the way of grace, and told you how to meet Jesus, told you how this is going to happen, and we're not withholding our affection from you. These young believers that didn't understand yet, he said, but you're withholding yours from us, Roy, in the bottom of your well by yourself. And Paul said, we're coming in the well. As a fair exchange, I speak as to my children. Open wide your hearts also. Easy? No, hard to do. But at Harvest, we want, we've been in this journey. We want to continue this journey. I put some, I've put some thoughts around this today in a group this week. You're going to talk about this and work through some of this. And I just, I want some of you that maybe have never shared an area of pain in your life, just be the first one to do it this week. Don't think about it and go, I'll wait till six more people go. And No, no, jump. if this is hard for you, jump out. Now, for some of you, this is easy. And this is great. And this goes well. This whole idea that we're talking about goes well for you. For some of you, uh, you were doing great until something happened in your life. For some of you, it's never gone well. And you're going to begin this journey. And it's going to be hard. I need you, but we're going to begin this journey. And here's what I found. When I opened up my well, that I allowed others in, that when we connected and I was able to say, I, would, you just, would you just stay here with me right now? And I was vulnerable and I could do that. I had what Henry calls is a transformational moment where I can't put my finger on it. All I know is at that moment I was lighter. At that moment, life got clearer. At that moment when I was hopeless, I now had hope. Now, can those things happen in prayer? Yes, and they happen, and they were happening. But there was, it was like it was incomplete by myself, just me and Jesus. It was incomplete. But when I began to process things out in my life, something began to happen in me that I didn't feel like I was incomplete. 
I began to be complete. And so as you open up these areas, you'll find it. You'll too. And some of you experience this. And, and uh, uh, Ryan was sharing this in a video recently about small group. And he said, man, often I don't feel like I even want to go to small group. <laughs> he was being honest. And he goes, yeah, but then I go and we begin talking and sharing. And the next thing I know, man, I'm, I'm doing better than I came. I'm leaving transformed. Can't put my finger on it, but I'm doing better than I was before the meeting. You can lose courage and someone can encourage you. (laughs) You can feel helpless, but somebody can put hope. Not because they're preaching to you. They're getting preaching, telling you how to live and change this and change that. No, because they just took the time to sit beside you and go, you're going to make it. This is normal. This is good. We're just going to open our hearts up. And it's it's good to be vulnerable. Yes, been there, done that. Had that happen. I want to validate your pain right now. It's part of life. But as God repairs your shock absorbers, the next time you hit this, it's not, it's not going to throw you out of your seat. If I can have the team come this morning, we're going to uh, just transition here. This is our session this morning <laughs> on connectiveness. And I just really hope this week as you process this in group and you're brave and you just kind of, you, you don't have to find someone and say, I need you this week. But just risk an area of your life and open up an area that hurts, an area that's been in pain, share it vulnerably. And hey, in group, be sensitive. Don't, don't, don't be ready to give them the answer. There aren't any answers. Just like the disciples with Jesus, Jesus knew what he had to do. But at that moment, he just needed to know someone was with him in his well. Oh, come on. I just would invite uh, those here, our dream team, would you just stand with me in our service today? And I want to just ask if you're watching today, and always, and if you're in the room, I never assume uh, ever that there isn't somebody that might not know Jesus. This whole process does begin with our relationship with, our, with the Lord. Grace begins with Him. And if you're here today and, and you've never invited Jesus into your life, no, I'm good, I'm good. <laughs> I, I just want to say, and, and so, some of that have been watching online, and it's just been so awesome to have people online and, and kind of make contact with us during the week. And they're going, we're just kind of checking this out. Well, this morning, I just want to say, if, you're, if you've been watching for a while, and today's your day, and maybe you've been saying, I don't know, this religion thing, I, it's been kind of cool watching, and I kind of like the messages, and, you know, the worship's good. And, and Pastor Roy's wife, is, she just knocks it out of the park all the time praise at the end of the service. If you didn't see her Dream Team huddle today, just go in our Dream Team huddle. What a great word of encouragement that was, honey. Not to come under the spirit of the lockdown and just know that God is still in control. It was so good. But if you're in a position today where Jesus is knocking one more time to come in your life, yes, Lord, I receive your love today. I don't want to do this alone. I want to do it with you. Now, I want to invite you just to pray this simple prayer with me. A prayer of invitation. Honey, as I pray, would you just pray after me just to make it easy for people that are watching online or someone in the room today. Dear Jesus. Dear Jesus. Thank you that you love me. Thank you that you love me. I'm tired. I'm tired. Of living. Of living. In the well. In the well. All alone. All alone. Jesus, come into my life. Jesus, come into my life. 
Forgive me of my sins. Me of my sins. I receive, your, I receive love. your love. I receive your grace. I receive your grace. Let's get out of here. Let's get out of here. In Jesus' name. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Hey, if you prayed that prayer, come on. You're going to begin your journey and begin that, His love. We believe you're born again if you made that decision. That's right. To include Jesus in you your make life. Make a comment in our feed here to say, I made a decision. We want to just, we want to celebrate. Oh, come on. It's like a rebirth. Yeah. Woo. They're cheering, um, they're cheering in the room. Yeah, text us. You can text us at 613-704-7287. And um, we just want to stand with you. We yeah. want to celebrate your best decision Come you on. will ever make in your life. Um, we have a few prayer requests. All right. Uh, we're praying for Brenda and Samantha, both recovering from surgery. And we're just praying for a quick healing. And for John and Mary's um, niece, Jen who was just diagnosed with breast cancer and is pregnant. Oh, dear. Okay. So we just need to pray for marriages this morning. Pray for families this morning. As I sit in in Dream Team Hubble this morning, COVID does not define you. Right. Good. You need to stand in who you are and who you believe. Jesus is your definer. So don't, I mean, with this news of this new lockdown, and and it it really is messing with people, but don't let it define you. It's not who you are. It's not what you are. This is a blurb in the screen, and someday we're going to look back. But stand on the promises of Jesus and who he is in you. And um, you know what? We're going to make it through this. It, It is messing. I mean, I'm an up person all the time, but... This is pulling me down, maybe a little tiny bit, but I'm not. I'm pushing right. forward. Not, I'm pushing not come through. Under it. Right. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm not staying here. Yeah. Father God, we're coming Jesus. this morning, Lord, and we're praying for miracles, God. Miracles in cancer, God, that you will touch Heal. Jen this morning, God. Jen, this Lord. baby that touch is in uterine, God, yeah. that you will protect, protect that, that baby, yes. God. That you will just set mom free from what is called cancer. God, you're the ultimate physician, Father. And Father, we just pray for Jen this morning. We pray for Brenda and Samantha, God, who are both recovering from surgery. Father, just for expedited healing this morning. Yes. God, I'm just praying for pain-free. God, for infection-free. God, you are our healer. God, you are our provider. Yes. God, you are the one that we stand in in this time of COVID, God. And we say, COVID, you do not define us. That's right. Jesus. We don't come under this Jesus is our healer. Jesus is our provider. Jesus is the definer of us. Father, we thank you this morning for marriages, God, and that the enemy will not come in and infiltrate marriages and come in here and go in there, God. We're praying protection against marriages. We're praying protection against families this morning. Father, that you will just solidify, God, and, and keep together, God, and, and protect, Father. Yes, Lord. Jesus, we thank you for our body. We pray for our body of harvest. Yes. God, we pray for our city. We pray for our nation, yes, God. Lord. We pray, God, that you will protect us during on, this time. Father, we thank you. Thank you, Lord. Father, we're asking for so much, and we just want to say thank thank you, you, Jesus, Jesus, for who you are. Thank you, Lord. We receive. Yes, Lord. Receive your grace today, Lord. We receive all that you provide for us. Lord, I pray this weekend group for that person. Maybe it's difficult just to Mm -hmm. open up some little area of their life. But, Lord, I pray for the miracle, the incarnation. That, yes, Lord, we experience uh, all of these wonderful things with you, and that's right. But, Lord, I pray that there will be an incarnational gospel this week. As people 
experience transformational moments with each other. Lord, as we dispense grace to one another, I pray for that. Lord, someone maybe just as Chris has prayed that they're just, this is messing, COVID's messing with them. And they're going to be brave enough to say, I'm scared. I'm not sure about this. And Lord, just to bring it into the open, Lord, where someone can just put their arm around them and say, you're going to make it. We love you. Lord, we just pray for incarnational gospel moments this week. Absolutely. Hey, if you're watching this morning and you just need support, give us a call at the church. Leave an email or or a text or something. But you're not alone. You, You have a whole tribe behind you. Just give us a shout. Well, enjoy your small groups this week. How many are enjoying their small groups already? No, they're scared. They're scared. No, just kidding. That's no. No, because they want. They're going to have to open up. That's right. Yeah, it's good to open up. All those excited people. That's easy for them. They're going to next week when they learn about boundaries. All the people that cheered, they're going to find out about boundaries next week. Well, next week we won't have an audience. Sadly (laughs) enough, that we're going, we'll be totally online next week. But we'll be here. We'll be here. We'll be here. Yeah. Yeah. You'll be here. Yeah. This is where you do a funny and. Well, I mean, we'll be here. Right. We'll be here. We will. We love you, Harvest. Um, Dream Team, we love yeah, you guys. We love you so much. Um, we can't wait until, my goodness, until we're back. But it's going to be the end of May now. So please take care of each other. Take care of yourself. Check in on each other. Um, we love you. Be blessed. Have a great week. And we'll see you back here next week. We're saying goodbye. On Zoom. He's, you're cutting me off, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. God Honestly. bless you. Have a great week. <laughs> <laughs>